millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Warm, that old queen. A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Bonjour, Tommy. Hi, Bernie. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? Well, I'm much better for seeing you. And I poured myself a gin and tonic. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I was going to have a gin and tonic, but I, I went back. I had a rather large wine delivery again this week. So <laughs> I thought I'd drink some of that. <laughs> gin is all I've got right now. Is it? Oh, I should have brought you a bottle round. <laughs> I've got plenty. <laughs> Although it does seem yeah. to go down quite fast, so I don't really understand that because it's only me that's drinking it. Anyway, I'm a, so maybe there's like a an alcoholic poltergeist in my flat or something. <laughs> How's your week been? Difficult, traumatic. Um, just, I mean, is it Tuesday? Yeah, it's a Tuesday for a change rather than a Friday. Yeah. It feels like it's been a long week. I, I'm through with this week, and it's Tuesday. Well, maybe you start again tomorrow, midweek. Well, I, but I started it like Monday. Actually, yesterday was, was much worse, so I thought I'll start again today. And by this point, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, not, I've not genuinely had like two bad days in a row during this whole period, and now I'm having, uh, now I'm having two of them. Oh, okay. Right. And this is a place for me to vent all my anger and frustration, isn't it? Of course. And um, <laughs> uh, and hopefully we can lift your spirits. I'm sure you can. With the podcast. And do you know what I have to say to your bad week? What? Bot- bottoms. Bums. Mm. Derrieres. Because <laughs> that's the theme of this episode. It's a bottom. It's a bottom special. It's a bottom special. Because <laughs> we've got the social media sensation museum bums coming on later on, which would be fun. I can't wait. And um, and we're going to talk about um, well, when we were doing kink my bluff, lots of things came up from 
the scatological area of um, the kink world. So we're going yeah, to talk- so it's something that I don't know much about, to be honest. Well, we're going to we're going to get our finger right in there today. <laughs> we're going to go deep. We're going to go deep. Um, because I was out having a socially distant drink with some people the other day, and they were asking about scat and corporophilia. Um, because many of them don't really understand the motives behind it or what it is or why it is and things like that. So the motives, the motives even, uh, which I guess we'll go, which we'll delve into, uh, a bit, but there's a whole umbrella of, uh, umbrella of scat. I like the way you said umbrella. <laughs> umbrella. Ella, Ella. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so corprophilia scat or scatophilia uh, includes chesolagnia, which is uh, masturbating while defecating, uh, defolagnia, which is arousal arousal from defecating. You could say um, you could say someone was very self-defecating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially if they're masturbating at the same time. <laughs> But the, what was coming up from this discussion was, do people like the smell of it? Is that is that what draws them to it? And th- the thing is, is they may or may not be a misophile, which is someone who uh, becomes aroused by smelling or mm. interaction with smelly objects like clothing, underwear, stuff like that. Have you had any kind of interactions with people like that? Oh, yes, for sure. I once um, had a sexual adventure with someone that wanted me to belch on them. I guess belching's not too much of a... I had I had someone the other day on one of the apps who sent me a video of them farting. And they were like, do you, do you, li- do you like that? And I was like, um, not really. <laughs> and then they went very silent. Um, <laughs> so, <The violin. laughs> yeah. anyway back to the scat uh so some people want to play with feces like a child who hasn't been taught not to and some people that do it consider it healthy to act out the things that you always wanted to do as a child but weren't allowed to so um there used to be a private club in san francisco of all places where people would bring bags of excrement to paint with and play with. Mm. There was an artist um, uh, in Bristol um, called uh, Patrick Joyce, and he created a work of art where it was his it was his shit, and you could put your your hand into a um, a, a, a perspex container. Um, and you could touch it, but your hand was sort of encased in a rubber glove. So it would be set like you would be touching it and feeling it, but you wouldn't be actually have any contact. Right. So it wouldn't actually be on your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> uh, scat play has to be um, done very carefully in these COVID times because apparently feces do contain the virus. Um, oh yes, they're a massive, they're a massive carrier. Yeah, exactly. So I would advise anyone who's doing this to be very careful about wh- whose scat you do it with. 
But can they, can they just do it with their own? But they they can, to- yeah, they can do it with their own. Um, so people like to eat smear on their bodies uh, and and rub it on sex toys before they use it. Some, but sometimes their own feces don't have any appeal, and it's only other people's. But others then get aroused by having a bowel movement. Mm. Um, I can understand that because I think it, it hits a certain area biologically. Yeah, because I think but, the, the anus and the nipple and the mouth and genitals have lots of nerve endings, and these release opiates in the pleasure center of the brain. So imagine if you're having a poo, mm. it hits some of those nerve endings. I went through a period where I was just, I, I, I did actually see a doctor because I think I was sort of, I, I, it was kind of like I was constipated. Um, maybe this is too much information. <laughs> not, not on this episode, it isn't. <laughs> um, but I was in absolute agony and ecstasy when I did a shit. All at the same time. It was just like I was rolling around in pain, and but also pleasure. Yeah. I, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember when I was passing a kidney stone, it took me quite a few months to pass this kidney stone, and it was stuck in my um, kind of urethra quite high up. And it was like a dull ache all the time, but it made me constantly horny. Mm. And I don't know whether it was just the feeling of wanting the release of of something be it because i always wanted to go to it felt like i wanted to go to the loo all the time as well so yeah it's interesting i guess it's just all of those areas where there's lots of nerve endings and yeah just gonna release those opiates in the brain anyway some some love the texture which goes back to your friend who had the like interaction with the rubber glove the slippery effect couples rub it between themselves during sex some want to watch a partner defecate, but don't want to touch the feces. Hence, that's where the glass coffee table comes in. Exactly, that's exactly where the glass coffee table comes in. Because that was another question brought up in the discussion: is like, why, why a glass coffee table? Why has that come into this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, it used to be a glass coffee table or a glass plate. But do you know when that this little ritual began? I feel like it's something to do with Andy Warhol. I don't know why. No, it so it began in Roman times. Oh, okay. So and some bordellos in Roman times had a glass floor for this very purpose. Um, so there is there's quite a long history of of uh, court prophilia and scat. Um, Roman charioteers used to rub bear's dung on their body hoping that the odour would stop horses from trampling on them if they were thrown from the chariot. So I guess, you know, mm. I guess charioteers were quite hot and muscly. And I mean, I wouldn't mind watching them rub a bit of feces on them. Um, and uh, some ancient tribes traditionally use cow dung instead of soap for washing hands and polishing metals. I've heard something like that, yeah, before. I know we're all meant to be washing our hands all the time, but I wouldn't advise using dung for it or or shit at the moment. (laughs) Why do you think it's less toxic than human? Uh, You know what I mean? 
the cow dung i don't know yeah. i don't know if it's it's if it's based in any kind of scientific fact or whether it was just like a superstition because i, I guess cows were revered in some cultures weren't they as being quite sacred yeah but i but sp- specifically i think that you know you could roll around in cow dung quite happily and you wouldn't um catch any nasty diseases no or maybe it's their diet because it's all very natural and um, oh yeah you know, so maybe you, maybe if you're a vegan a vegan on vegan poo action is uh is safe um, i mean scat scat you know yeah. scat's life <laughs> uh anyway are you, I, aware I, of the, are you aware of the bristol stool chart no what's this Oh well, uh, there's a specific thing called the Bristol stool, stool chart, and it's and I think it was de- devised by a Bristol University um, uh, medical staff, um, and um, it just basically has got a list of different types of stools that you and then if you're you know experiencing issues in that department, then you can can kind of compare and then it will you mark them off every time. It's like it's a well-used thing for doctors to check in with patients to see what's going on. I guess you'd have to kind of investigate your stools quite a bit in order to um, recognise them. Yeah. I mean, it's all connected, isn't it? But um, what I quite like about the Bristol stool chart is that it's, they've you know, they've named it Bristol stool chart. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of a new fetish club um, when it's allowed. Yeah, in Bristol, it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, pull up a stool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that, like I say, scat scat. Um, uh, hopefully, that's answered some of um, people's questions around court profilia. Uh, I mean, my introduction to some of these things was through the performance artist Annie Sprinkle, right. and um, I went to see lots of her films. Um, and there was all sorts of different things, and it was all kind of like rain, rainbow sex. Is that rain? And vo- like vomiting, and all, all sorts of different things yeah. were, were going on in that film. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, people are, are into all sorts of stuff, aren't they? And I wonder, I wonder if it is something to do with your childhood and, and not being allowed to do certain things. Don't know. It's funny, like um it's funny i think when when we're thinking about this in terms of our podcast in terms of what that old queen is that my i'm gonna say i don't know what what the word is my tolerance for these kind of different sexual interests and perversions is is gets more and more liberal as i go get older and older i would not want to be involved in anything scatological but I'm wondering, as 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 I develop, like maybe I will be. Well, yeah, maybe. I th- yeah, I think you, I think you get a lot less prudish as you get older, and also I think uh, I think the more you know about this stuff, the better it is. It's less of a surprise if someone's into it that you meet up with, mm. and uh, you can maybe yeah. understand it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons for us being so maybe kink centric in some of this stuff as we have been through the last couple of seasons 
Because we're on a journey of discovery. We're on a journey of discovery, and some of it we might like, and some of it we might not, you know. But I mean, given time, we'll be get we'll be getting right in there. <laughs> we'll be rolling about like a pig in shit. All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, with anal sex, accidents happen, right? You know, it gets dirty sometimes. Yes, it does. It's true. And I think that's another thing that, as as gay men, if you're going to have anal sex, then you need to get over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean shit is one of the most versatile words in the english language right we use it for all sorts of stuff and i'm working on a play with um where i play betty davis and um peter baker who has been a previous guest plays joan crawford and i get to say shit in a joan crawford in a betty davis voice and that's really fun. Amazing. <laughs> Did she say shit a lot? Oh, a couple of times, yeah. I mean, I don't remember her saying it in a film. Oh no, it's not yeah, it's in the it's in the dressing room area. <laughs> yeah. As it should be, behind closed doors. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see shit on stage. Oh, but that was an interesting thing that happened um, was that there was an artist who was like his artist was to protest against anything, really. Right. And it was a theatre show that happened in the Arnold Feeney in Bristol. And it was a a kind of experimental theatre show. It was probably about 10 years ago. And halfway through the show, this person in the audience gets more and more kind of like fidgety and starts to talk and then gets walks out of the auditorium onto the stage and does a big shit on stage. And this is like part of his practice is his work that he just like interrupts like things. But the whole of the Arnold Feeney had never known anything like this before. And um, they had to kind of get the front of house staff in to remove him. Um, <laughs> they carried on with the show with this big sort of shit in the middle of the stage. <laughs> I mean, that's quite a thing to shit on cue, isn't it? Well, I think it, it, it was. There was a bit of um, yeah. It didn't happen as probably as easy as 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 he would have wanted. But I think that yeah. I mean, some people are completely squeamish about this stuff aren't they i'm not a huge fan i have to say i'm not a huge fan actually and i i I, it's really surprising that i've um i can find so much to say about it (laughs) i know you've got a lot of shit stories (laughs) (laughs) Ah. and on that note hello the museum bums have arrived Yay! <laughs> How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. How are you two? Uh, very good. Would you like to introduce yourself to our uh, audience? Oh, okay, yes. Sure. Hi, um, I'm, I'm Jack. Um, I'm, I'm one half of Museum Burns. Hi, one I'm Mark, and I'm the other half of Museum Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're on blind date. <laughs> Uh, but it's when you're not. We've just been talking about yeah. um, corporophilia, scat. Oh, okay. okay. 
Wasn't expecting to come into that. Cool. Yeah, we thought on, on a theme. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Making sense. Connecting the dots there. <laughs> We've themed it in your honour. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a bottom program. So are we pro? What what's what's the stance we need to take on this? Um, well, no, I mean it's what your own personal preference is, but uh, I mean we we tend to uh, we talk about various kinks and stuff like that, and so we I've been asked a lot of questions about corporophilia and scat, so I decided to uh, delve into it a bit more than I would ordinarily. <laughs> okay, wow, good. I mean, does does corporophilia come up in the the world of museum bums? Not yet. Haven't haven't encountered it yet, but. Museums are weird and wonderful places, so we might encounter it in the future. Who knows? There's there's bound to be a museum of it out there somewhere, right? Yeah, totally. Let's have a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about the social media sensation, which is museum bums. Okay, so we'll be back after this. If you're enjoying What That Old Queen... Please share our episodes on social media and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. If you can write a review, that would also help expand our audience too. We don't have any advertising or sponsorship, so if you can contribute to our Patreon account or help us by buying some merch, the links are in the episode description below or on our website, thatoldqueen.com. Thank you for your continued support. Right, so we're back uh, with the Museum Bums. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are Museum Bums. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us what Museum Bums are? So, um, Museum Bums are bums that one finds in a museum. So, um, both of us work in heritage, and um, we spend a lot of time in museums, in galleries, and, um, yeah, we're, we're a big fan of of bums so um so they can be statues or works of art or photos or any creation of a bum in a museum or a cultural it goes on our accounts yeah we're very very flexible with our definition of museum bum so um quite flexible with our definition of bums (laughs) we are quite flexible with our definition of bum as well um but as a as a theme it tends to hold together quite well and um, yeah. So we just heard from our lovely Prime Minister that m- museums are opening on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, what bum are you going to go back to straight away? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Good question. I think I'm going to have to make a beeline for the V&A and see their plaster cast of David because it's been a while since I've seen David. He's got a very, very good bum. So you get a good view with the V&A a bit, don't you? Yeah. You do, yeah. Like all the different angles, like right from right from below, looking up, and then you can go along the um, the bridge, and again, a whole different bit. It's, oh, a bum from every angle. A bum for all seasons. Okay. What bum are you looking forward to seeing, Mark? Um, my my favourite bum is at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford. Um, there is a giant, like huge overscale statue of, uh, I don't think they know whether it's Zeus or Poseidon. He's in the act of throwing something. It could, could be, be a, a lightning bolt or it could be a 
Trident. Trident, there we go. It's it's a, a beardy dude with a great ass. He's massive. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not short of material in terms of bottoms? We're really not. Um, it started off just as the as pictures that, that we would we would take when we were out visiting um, visiting museums and galleries. But once we started, once we set up museum bums, um, very quickly people started sharing bums that um, that they've they've seen and they they enjoy. And like, hey, what about this? Um, and the remarkable thing is, like, even during lockdown, we still haven't been short of content. Like, oh yeah, we have a we have a lockdown hashtag, which is hashtag Museum Bums from Home. So if you've got a picture on your wall or a statue <laughs> on your bookshelf, <laughs> send them in. Yeah, and they will go up on the Museum yeah. Bums. I could I could send you mine. <laughs> you could send us your, your Museum Bum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what that old queen. Our, our bums are pretty ancient, but I'm not sure they're they're, they're old enough to be in a museum just yet. <laughs> so, why do you? Th- what do you think the fascination? Museum bums. <laughs> what do you think the fascination with bottoms in terms of historical artistry is? I mean, we all love a rump, right? We all we all love a bum. It's the one thing everyone has in common, and. I think there's there's been a bit of a fascination with them because there's still something a little bit a little bit naughty, a little bit silly. And when we're thinking about art and we're thinking about bottoms in particular, um, with with statue um, with statues, um, you usually pay the most attention to the bit that people are going to see. So if it's a statue that's going to be against the wall, the artist isn't going to bother too much with what's going on behind. But um, when all angles, you really see that attention to detail everywhere. So what's been really, really interesting is to see where the artists have really paid attention and have really, really gone in on the details, on the bums. And that tells us that this bum was created to be looked at. So we're just admiring some artists' work and the way it really should be. I mean, sometimes it's just the personal preference of the of the sculptor. If they, if they really want to do a good job of of perfecting that art, then they're gonna. It doesn't matter if it's in a dark room in the corner. They're gonna make that art look good. I mean, there is an element of that mm. as well, to be honest. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, you can really tell a lot about a piece of piece of work just from how no go look at it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, I've been on lots of um, of these kind of online parties, <laughs> like places that end up they play some music and yeah. suddenly. Some of us got the idea that it would be really great to pull a mooner on a Zoom call. Okay. <laughs> if you start collecting images of that, we haven't yet. But there's lots of places that are doing um, collecting around what's been going on during lockdown. So you never know; those those pictures of, of mooners might end up in a museum, and then I think we could legitimately show some. Yeah. So we just need to find a. Find a place that's willing to tell the story of people having a lot of fun via Zoom in those pub quizzes. Because let's face it, pub quizzes are how we do socialising now. Like, once, once things go back to normal, it'll be a little bit of small talk, general knowledge round, and a bit more. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to talk to my family again without, like, bring in some... Some trivia. Some trivia, yeah. I've <laughs> made people doing life drawing via Zoom. So, you know, there could be a whole culture around Zoom... 
Zoom nudity and is it art? Is it porn? Is it art? Is it bums? Who knows? All of the above. <laughs> I quite like the decider of the um, pub quiz to be on best rump. Yeah, and that's, if it goes down to a um, what's it called? sudden death. Yeah, sudden death by bum. Yeah, if, if there's a tie break situation, we want, we want it to go on best there we bum. Go, yeah, tie break. Yeah. Um, have you ever have you seen ever a bum in a museum that you thought, oh, that looks a bit like my bum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, mine? <laughs> Not like your <laughs> uh, have you Have you ever seen any bad bums in museums? Like where the artist just didn't get it right. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's really difficult to get a bum wrong. And <laughs> bums are a bit like pizza. Like, even if it's a bad pizza, you still have pizza at the end of the day. And pizza is great. So even if it's a terrible bum, there's still a bum on display, so you can take some pleasure in that. Haven't seen anything particularly like, oh, there are some. That's not how humans work. Yeah, there are some terrible renderings of boobs. Yeah, there's definitely sculptors who got a male body model and then stuck some oranges on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a woman. Yeah, boobs definitely. And people are having a lot of fun with that. There's a really fun um, Twitter account called "That's Not How Boobs Work," which is Looking at all of those boobs that are just kind of not not, not human, how boobs work. Not humanly <laughs> possible, I think, is the safe description there. Hmm. Not correct mammarian protuberances. Okay, but I guess you can't really do that with a bottom. You can't fake a bum, or you, can you? No, no, because there's so there's such a broad range of bums. Look like you can have a good bum and a bad bum, but. There's no wrong bums. There are no wrong bums. There we go. Ah, <laughs> you heard it here first. There are no wrong bums. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to put that on a T-shirt or something. <laughs> I think you do. Uh, hang on a minute. We might put it in our merch store Over first. Bag, T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to work, what what does that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be working from home. I don't know. What what will you be doing? Um, so I'm working from home at the moment. I work for Bristol Museums, so there's a lot of um, a lot of Zoom meetings, um, a lot of planning for what happens when the museum reopens and the other areas in Bristol. And over the last few weeks, there's been quite a lot of discussion about what to do about a certain statue that that mm. got toppled. Oh yes. Oh, we featured Colston, the Colston statue on Cupian Bums. We did, yeah. Because there's a giant hole in his leg. <laughs> What does Colston say? Actually, Colston had pretty proper ass. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, yeah. We had a fair. What Colston? He had a pretty rubbish ass. Good. Yeah. Well, serves him right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the worst thing about him, obviously. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Dan? Um, so I am furloughed at the moment, so I'm really kind of itching to to get back to things. Uh, but I work in museum education. So we're really having to be really carefully about what what reintroducing um, education programs is going to look like because there's going to be a lot of school groups and it all kind of depends on what's going on with, with schools and how all that happens. So I'm in a very, very different position to, to Mark at the moment. So um, I think I might be going back in August, but it, it all kind of depends. I, it could be, could be tomorrow, it could be another couple of weeks. You, you should maybe talk um, to our friend yeah. Sasha Coward, who was our guest 
quite a few episodes ago. Yeah, he does a lot of he does a lot of stuff. Does a lot of good stuff. But, um, yeah, we're I'm, I'm friends with Sasha. We know each other on Twitter. It's the, the museum world is absolutely tiny. If you know three of us, then chances are you'll have a very very good connection to everyone else. <laughs> I think. We- it's even smaller so um a few of us have got together and we're doing an online museum pride um for, for this week so it's going on actually we kicked off last week this week is our big exciting extravaganza of everything so um we are the the queer heritage forum and um you can follow us at qh forum on twitter and uh, we've been putting together lots of lots of activities, lots of games. Um, there's a couple of podcasts happening, and we're thinking about things like um, queer activism. We're thinking about querying the quarantine. We're, we've got all sorts of stuff kind of going on, which is, has been really good keeping me busy. And Mark's been helping us with some of the um, prototype craft activities yeah. that we've been doing. So there's been lots of origami. There's been some Lou Roll drag queen making. I'm a big fan of the Lou Roll drag. <laughs> I've been saying, do this look, do this one. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do my best with my craft paper and loose hat. <laughs> um, it's, it's been fun. There's been well, some I did a at the Bristol Museum where I made those Hogarth wigs from Lou Roll and stuck like yeah, amazing rats in them and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fun. Yeah. I, th- I think Lou Roll is a good drag queen name. Yeah, I like it. I reckon that that might be used. Yeah, I'd like to put an umlaut in the in the role just to, to make it a little bit special. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hmm. might do that. Cool. Okay, so where can people um, follow Museum Bums? So we are at Museum Bums on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a daily, well, almost almost daily post. Sometimes we have day off. Yeah, um, of a different museum bum from arts and culture across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally it's topical. Occasionally it's responding to current events. Sometimes it's just because we found a nice bum that we want to show everyone. It's usually because we found a nice bum, but you know, every <laughs> now and then we, we find something something witty or fun or insightful to say. And if you're really lucky, we're doing an event in a museum. Mm, yes. So um, before all of all of this happened, uh, we worked with the Museum of Classic Archaeology. That's the one. <laughs> um, who are based over in Cambridge. And, um, Scatology. The Museum of Scatology. No, we haven't found that museum yet. No, we're, we're working on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Museum of Classic Archaeology, um, they are currently topping the charts in our big museum bum count. So we've been um, trying to keep track of who's got the most bums in a museum. And Museum of Classical Archaeology, absolutely tiny museum in, in Cambridge. They have 167? 167 bums, yeah. 167 bums wow. on display, which beats the British Museum, the BNA. It's, it's really, really quite something. There's a lot of bum. So um, back, in, back in February before, uh, for, in the before times, uh, we did a really interesting event with them um, around the idea of Greek love because we wanted to do something that was museum bum related and um, we wanted to do something to interesting stuff during LGBTQ Heritage Month. So um, it was Valentine's Day, and <laughs> we were supposed to do it on Valentine's Day. So we were thinking about ancient ancient Greek and Roman sexual practices. We were thinking about who who actually has the best bum. 
in this museum. Alas, it, it wasn't any of us, I think. Did Hercules win or was it Apollo? Um, Hercules or one of the Apollos. Hercules or one of the Apollo gets featured everywhere because he's just like, you know, muscly twin. Rear of the year. Do you remember? Sorry? I don't know if they still do it. Rear of the year. I think they I do. Should we submit Apollo for Rear of the Year 3008 BC? Do they do, they do it retroactively? <laughs> I think we could, yeah. Maybe we can go backwards. Yeah, right. You could do, maybe do Rear <laughs> of the Age. Rear of the Age. Yeah. Rear of the Ancient Age. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, do they still got to be a living bum? Like... Or hmm. what that really old rear? <laughs> yeah, what that really old rear? <laughs> I mean, Annika, that. Rice, Annika Rice still could be a contender for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh bless her. Is she still running around trying to get to a helicopter while steam times? I think it's. I think it's a medical condition she has. She can't actually stop running around <laughs> chasing helicopters. Annika, take the jumpsuit off. exactly um can you send us the link to the heritage pride as well we'll put that in the uh, description of the podcast as well so people can click on that and uh, enjoy your hard work um Mm -hmm. but are you ready to do some queens of agony uh, oh, because we've got a few I'm questions just, to get through. I just, sorry, I just, I just need to go to the toilet. Sorry. Yeah, you can get, you can, can go, you can go to the toilet. I'm going to do a big gong. Today, By the time the gong's finished, you need to be back. What's it say on Tom's wall? Um, Perseverance. Oh, per- I thought it said us. I thought the <laughs> the one that we can't see was us. Perseverance. Arse- Arse- yeah. Arse- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we do like a theme. So I really like your T-shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. What the um, He-Man and Skeletor? Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, well, thanks. Watching our of a kind Museum Bums T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you, so have you got your own merch store with all your Museum Bums on it? We sell, so we've got an Etsy, an, an Etsy store, and on that we sell some enamel pin badges, and right. um, proceeds from the, from the sale of those go to support charities. So currently we're um, supporting Prostate County UK and um, Terence Higgins Trust. Oh, that's good. Here are our pin badges. Oh, wow. And they look like that. <laughs> oh, like your t-shirt. <laughs> Or a cushion cover. Yep. Same as on the t-shirt. And the cushion cover. And the cushion and And the mug. Oh my god, you are just completely (laughs) (laughs) merchandised up. We should have. Yeah. I mean, the the flat is very on brand. There's bums from museums in lots of places. Yeah, we could do museum bums from home just from our home. Anyway, should we do some uh, Queens of Agony questions? (laughs) Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, you, you froze then, so I was waiting for your response. <laughs> okay, dear old, dear old queens and the museum bums. Obviously, am I now a top? So from the bottoms to the tops, I, I'm in my forties now, and I've always been versatile. When I was younger, probably more on the bottom side, although. It always depended on my partner at the time. Some I would totally bottom for, some totally top. Others we Hmm. flipped, 
which was my favourite. But it's rare to find a partner compatible with this. I have always enjoyed bottoming, but as I get older, I found that I've been required to top more and more to the point where I've got completely turned off when someone tried to top me. So have I now morphed into a top? I still consider myself verse, but maybe not. Should I relabel myself post-lockdown? What do you guys think? P.S. I love lots of other sexual acts, so it's not all about anal for me, but it invariably is for my sex partners. Um, so do you think it, it is it... Is it possible to go from the bottom to the top? Well, can we just clarify um, Mark and Jack's age? Because I feel like it might be important. <laughs> yeah. What, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 31. Okay. Um, yeah, I turned 31 in May. Okay. So, so you're, you're not far off 40. No, we're <laughs> not far. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we're getting closer. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, you can, you can come from it from a youthful perspective, I guess. I mean, what do you reckon? Ooh. I would say it's just very well, fluid. You need you, you yeah, just... everything's fluid. It's I, I mean, like they they said that they were they described themselves as best. So you know, that just means that things are going to come right away and then be the way that's written. <laughs> Ooh, I'm quite interested in this rebranding exercise after oh. lockdown. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can just all reinvent ourselves. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, why are you, why are you re- reimagining a new future? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. Do you mean, f- like, why start with the top bottom verse? Just go the whole hog, just become a whole new person. That could be fun. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure many people will. Just all of the above. Do you think we get locked down by these labels in the gay world? Uh, too lockdown, much lockdown. <laughs> well lockdown in or out of lockdown with these labels of top versus I that, bottom i think that some people kind of put maybe a bit too much emphasis on those labels and think okay i i describe this one very very particular thing so i there's there's no room for, for maneuverability there's no room for flexibility locking ourselves down into um very very narrow things and it's like why why close ourselves off from from experiences or from from trying some things what do you think Mark? do we do we get tied into things i think so yeah i think if the the person who sent in the the question problem already identifies as verse then i don't think there's any problem with um continuing to identify as verse but being a top mm-hmm. because they can always change their minds if they feel like it yeah, the feeling take Yeah, I'm just wondering if people just cut themselves off from uh, from certain relationships, but purely by what their position is when they're having anal, uh, rather than having an open mind about any sorts mm. of sexual acts and stuff like that. What do you reckon, Tommy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> I I always like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm always right yeah except for when i'm wrong um okay dear, dear old queens and the museum bums uh oh i feel this question is quite apt for you because i think you see a lot of naked bodies well kind of in art world obviously so do you do you 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, we've all seen a lot of naked bodies, but um, I digress. Anyway, do you <laughs> do you ever feel like you would be happy to see most men naked? I know the gay community and men in general are infamous for having a, a laundry list of musts for their sexual partners. And don't get me wrong, given the option to customise a guy, I wouldn't have to think too hard to create him. That said, does anyone feel mm. like they would appreciate the opportunity to see almost any guy naked? I mean, on the apps you kind of do anyway, right? Um, I feel like... <laughs> Sometimes you don't get an option. <laughs> right? It's just suddenly there. <laughs> um <laughs> I, f I feel like I appreciate the male form in so many different ways and there isn't really any body type that elicits a negative response from me. Old, young, slim, fat, hairy, smooth, hung, average, tiny. <laughs> That's a lot, lot of lists. Uh, I kind of just want to see them all. There are definitely yeah. bo bodies that excite me more than others sexually, but I feel as if most guys probably aren't as picky as they seem to think they are. Am I off the mark? Right, okay. Uh, let's detangle that. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> so he wants to see... Uh, I mean, does he just want everyone to walk around naked? I just thought, well, suddenly... Um, catapulted into thoughts that I have around like, you know, when you're, well, maybe both of you have experienced that when you're sat through like a boring lecture or something and you like to imagine the person naked just to, you know, make the time by go by quicker. That's yeah. when, when I suddenly got tortured to, because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's always just fascinating looking at the human form. Yeah. And there's the thing about if you're nervous, if you're in an exam or something, imagine them naked. So maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it is a confidence thing because there's, um, I do a lot of um, life drawing classes when I can, well, before lockdown, I went to as many as I could. And the saw all sorts of different body types there. And the thing that really kind of comes through is it doesn't really matter what someone looks like. It's how comfortable they are in their own skin. And that is something that really kind of is more powerful than, than what they look like. So maybe the, the person who's writing in is he might be, they might be doing that whole, everyone should be a lot more confident because it has a really massive effect on just everything. Really. It's, let's say there are a lot of different body types. All of us here having this conversation have very, very, very different body types. And what well, we do. Yeah. Um, and there is something very special and unique and there's something very beautiful about all of all of our different body types. So maybe it is a little bit more like people should embrace that instead of being hung up on the body type that they're not or the body type that they desire. And um, when we do think about like desire, sometimes someone might think, Oh, I've got a type, I always like redheads and then they fall for, for someone with, with dark hair. You know, you, you don't have a might not necessarily have a physical type. You might be, end up becoming attracted to someone's personality that's not necessarily in a that you would expect. I'm rambling here. So. That was a very serious. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you like lots of naked people, go to museums. I mean, yeah, I mean, and there's to see all sorts of different types as well. You get Rubenesque. You get yeah. 
twigs. You get monthly statue gods. Yeah, everyone likes a classical mood. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you can pass it off as being really arty. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually describe myself as a classical nude on Grinder, but okay. um. <laughs> but i understand what this guy where this guy's coming from i mean i think he is uh, and and where you guys are are coming from as well i think we all get i think you see all of those kind of uh, profiles on the apps where they're like i want this i don't want that i want this and yeah that for me personally that's a bit of an instant turn off because it's like you're not being mm. open to anything you're just completely cutting yourself yeah, off beforehand exactly you're but, defining everything in a, in a negative and it's like mm, that's not a healthy mindset no and also neil bartlett who was a guest a few weeks ago said it's not about body type it's about uh, you know sexy mm. isn't about whether you're fat thin or have a certain kind of mm-hmm. hair color it's a it is about attitude it's about who it, you are as a person and how is. confident Absolutely. you are i don't know what do you think tommy i think everything you said is right <laughs> <laughs> i've paid him a lot of money this episode to say that <laughs> we could have just said we agree there was money involved <laughs> i'm lying i'm lying there's no money involved there's no, there's no money in podcast uh, okay i have a final question for us uh dear old queens and the museum bums obviously um have you ever suffered from post nut clarity this happens to me after masturbation, not sex usually, but has sometimes a long time ago. I will be sitting there watching porn and like, wow, did I really watch this to get off? Is this usual or am I just ashamed of some of my surprising <laughs> inner desires? What do you think? Have you, have you... See, I thought post-nut clarity was a bit like when you have a shower and you have an idea. Because mm, your mind goes blank and suddenly the, the solution just kind of comes to you, over you, on you, <laughs> in you. Um, um, yeah, um, interesting question. Was yeah, it strange terminology because of this predicament? Mm. What, the, the post-nut clarity? I mean, we've all fallen down that. I would, I would define it as a more sense of humiliation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, like we've all fallen down that 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 hole and been like, oh, how did how did we end up here? That really poor choice of words. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all clicked and clicked and clicked, and then thought, oh, hang on, um, why is it recommending that video for me? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I have had to have a word with myself. And sort of <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, clarity is always good. It's good to take stock. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe it it's... I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a, a not regret. It just there's not reflection. Learning more about yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, it, I think if, if we're specifically talking about pornography mm. and watching it, I think it's really good to keep a check on what you're watching because I think some things aren't ethical, mm. and I think that you mm-hmm. can be, you know, you can watch things that feel very exploitative, and and you can. If you don't check in with yourself, then you can just buy into that. And I think mm-hmm. that's I, I think that's important that you 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 remain alert 
<laughs> as the so government tells us to. Do you think that slogan is about <laughs> porn? Like, stay alert. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess you need to uh, keep a check on your porn bubble. But also, I guess there's a lot of stuff which maybe you think that you're turned on by, which maybe isn't exploitative of other people that perhaps you didn't realize you were turned on by. And maybe that's probably a good thing that you're discovering that. Um, but there's probably stuff which you watch mm -hmm. in porn, which you probably wouldn't do. You like the idea of it, but you wouldn't actually do it in real life. What do you reckon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when, I mean, porn is, porn is a fantasy. No one really expects real life to be like that. So yeah, you might look at things and think, all right, that's, that's fun to watch, but that's, that's not what real life is like. Real life is messy in a different way. But yeah, and silly and funny and, you know, it's like there's a lot of porn that's very, very serious. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be serious. Unless it's comedy porn, which you, uh, you like comedy <laughs> sex, don't you, Tom? Well, I do. I have enjoyed that <laughs> much, yeah. <laughs> With like balloon animals and stuff. They paint us a picture. <laughs> <laughs> or don't, wait, whatever. <laughs> yeah, when I talked about, I think that was coming from someone asking me what kind of sex I liked, and I said, oh, well, I like comedy sex. I was kind of thinking a bit like carry on to okay. really, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you ever fallen in love with, a, uh, with one of the bums in a museum, museum bums? We posted a picture of Cerebellum, didn't we? Yes. So um, there, there, there's a, a performer whose handle is Cerebellum, um, who also does modelling, and uh, he's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he very much enjoyed that we posted a picture of him. Oh, okay. we also posted a picture of John East, who has also been on What That Old Queen. Yes. Um, I believe that was the same thing, wasn't it? Yes, they were. They were. They were reenacting one of one of my favourite statues. Actually, it's um, Theseus and the Minotaur by Canova, and um, it's a very oh, beautiful. It's one of these things. Every time I look at it, I see something a little bit different. So I wouldn't say I've fallen in love with it, but I've definitely got a soft spot in my heart. So yeah, it's called Theseus conquering the Minotaur. Yes, but it definitely looks like the Minotaur has conquered Theseus. There's. Who We're who was the Minotaur? With the idea of conquering that. <laughs> Which one of them was the Minotaur? So, um, in Greek mythology. Oh no, oh. Um, I think John was the John was Theseus, and Cerebellum. I can't remember his his given name. Was the Minotaur? Okay. I like this image from Fire Island of those. I like the bums that are like the tan body and then the white bum. Yeah, some people really yeah. like that. They find it really sexy, whereas other people like um, the all-over body tan. I think I like the, the, the tan line. You like a tan line. Museum bums, do many statues have a tan line? Maybe they should. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go back and re-examine. I haven't been checking for a, no, for a tan line. Yeah, we need to go through our... I mean, archive. if they do, you need to talk to, to, to the conservator. Well, there are issues about people. Um, there are people that have fallen in love with statues. There are statues that get too many lipstick marks on their mouths. Yeah. Uh, there are people who have had 
inappropriate responses to statues in galleries. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, there's I told you like, never to tell um, anyone about my inappropriate response. <laughs> <laughs> and now the world knows. Now everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's of people falling in love with statues go all all the way back. I mean, um, Pygmalion is one example. Like he literally created a statue to fall in love with. But there's a really famous statue of Aphrodite uh, called the Aphrodite of Kindos. Uh, Kindos. I'm going Kindos. And someone literally fell in love with this with this statue of the goddess, and an inappropriate moment happened. Spoiled over. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. And um, <laughs> was was so overcome by by shame because like, oh no, I've desecrated a goddess. But um, yeah, he I think he threw himself off a cliff at the end. Oh, that's personal clarity. That's oh. personal clarity <laughs> right there. So um, yeah, so, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that, people. Be very be very aware around cliffs. Stay alert around cliffs <laughs> and statues <laughs> and bones. <laughs> Last year, I did a tour of um, the uh, some of the statues and images in the Wallace collection, and there's the, there's two um, hematogites in the in the collection, and I made up a song for them um, to Miss Dynamites. Um, dynamite, but Hermaphrodite. Hermaphrodite. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, on on that post pod clarity, um, I think we've <laughs> I think we've come to the end of the show. Um, but museum bums, you were going to be on at the beginning of the series, but our messages got a bit lost in translation. And here you are in, in one of our um, yeah, ultimate episodes of this series. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but thank you so much for being on board and sharing your bottoms. Uh, please thank say you. Uh, please say goodbye to our lovely listeners. Thank you. <laughs> Tommy, um, how's your bottom? Goodbye, lovely listeners. My bottom's never been better. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, say say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining this uh, bottom episode of What That Old Queen. We will see you next time. have been listening to what that old queen written and presented by tom marshman and bernie hodges the show was produced by bernie hodges in lockdown 2020 for hodge podcasting if you'd like to sponsor a show or you'd just like to be a guest or you have a question for the old queens you can email on hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on facebook instagram or twitter What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.